This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I want to continue this morning. This will be the uh, second in the series, Healing is Yours. And we started this a couple weeks ago, and last week we had uh, Mother's Day. And uh, what an awesome time we have with our mothers and thankful for uh, that service and what a great time that was. But uh, I want us to continue on, and I, I'm not going to really review. I will just a little bit. But uh, if you missed that, please get online and listen to that because I'm building the foundation. And you must have this foundation really to walk in that health and that place that God wants you to walk in totally free from sickness uh, and disease. And, you know, most Christians believe that God can heal, but will he heal? Is it his will? Most people uh, question, don't, don't question can he. Now, if you question can he, you probably aren't even believing in God. Those that believe in God believe he can, but will he? Is he willing to heal us? And even beyond that, is he willing to heal me? Is he willing to heal you? And I can remember, I shared some of the, the healings last time, but uh, I can remember being in a service where I would played basketball and I had cracked rib. And every time I breathed, it hurt. And uh, it made you want to just barely breathe because it hurt so bad. And there's nothing that the doctors can do about that. So I, I come to church and I'm in a service, just like our, our praise and worship, the presence of God strong, and I realize that I'm breathing with no pain. And I never had another moment of pain from that. God healed me just in his presence. I wasn't even thinking about healing at the time. I was just worshiping the Lord and he did it. And that's, that's our God. He is a healer. But I want you to know that he is willing and he, or he desires to heal you. He wants you blessed. He wants you healthy. Amen. He doesn't want you suffering. He's a better parent than we're a parent. And what parent wants to see their child suffer? None of them. If you're a right parent... You do not want to see your child suffer. You want the best for them. And God's a good father. He's a good parent. But this was a question even back in Jesus' day. In Matthew 8, verse 1. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. You notice here the man thought, I know you can, Jesus, but are you willing? Will you do this for me? And I, I love Jesus' response. You notice how simple it was? He didn't go into a great teaching. This is a teaching moment here. No, he just says, I'm willing. Be clean. Be healed. And that willingness for this man means he's willing for you because he's no respecter of persons. His will is for you to be healthy. 
And it comes naturally in us because we want to be healthy, don't we? We want to be healed in our bodies. We don't like pain and, and suffering. We want to be healed. And when you're seeking that, you're seeking God's will. His plan. He's an unchangeable God. In Hebrews 1.3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. It says that Jesus is the express image or exact representation, a duplicate. He's, he's exactly like the Father. So you want to know God's will, you can look at the life of Jesus and know that Jesus said it like this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what we're talking about, exact image, exact representation of the Father. How many know there's some things in the Old Testament that are just plain tough? Kill them all. <laughs> and I have some, and I might, if you have questions, I've had several questions people ask from the first time. Just submit your questions out in the foyer at the um, desk out there, and I'll probably do just a Q&A and just answer some questions because I do have some, some answers on that. But let me just tell you that God looks like Jesus, if that helps you some. And God had to deal with man a little differently in the Old Testament because he was trying to bring the Messiah, the Redeemer, into the earth. And the enemy was trying to stop it, and he was trying to stop it through people. But when you look to Jesus and you understand that the Bible is progressive revelation of the Father, of a loving Father, and you see Jesus as he is, it helps us or it gives us confidence that God's will, and you see that in your notes, we can be confident of God's will to heal by looking at the life of Jesus. You know, some churches believe that God makes a person sick. But there's not one example in the Bible where Jesus made someone sick. There's not one. There's not one place where Jesus said, you know what? I don't like you, so you're not getting healed. Or he, he said, you know what? There was a computer uh, random selection in heaven, and today you get arthritis instead of healing. There's no place in Scripture where that happens. And, and this one with leprosy is the first healing where Jesus went one-on-one -on -one with a person. There's some places where he healed them all, but this is the first place where it was one-on-one. -on -one, and Jesus chose leprosy. The hardest thing to be healed of. In fact, doctors would not even see you in that day. You got leprosy, forget it. You're dead. And Jesus chose that person. And leprosy, by the way, represents sin. Isn't that interesting? Since sin and healing, that combination, as we saw couple of weeks ago is linked together. He didn't say, look, here's some sickness for disciplinary reasons. Do you realize that Jesus was the only believer in the earth at that time? He would have had to discipline everyone because no one was saved. 
You're talking about a lonely place. <laughs> no one believed in him as Savior to be born again. Of course, he has disciples. And anyway, so he never refused to heal anyone. No one came to him and said, no. Now look, I've had a bad day. I'm, I'm a little tired here. Just forget it. Come back another time. He never refused anyone. He always said yes. He was willing. Seven time, 17 times in scriptures it says he healed them all. 47 other times in scriptures it says he healed one or two. Jesus represented the Father God. And Jesus healed people. In Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all, say all, all, who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. God's not the author of sickness. If God's the author of sickness, why would God the Father empower Jesus the Son to disobey him? No, he empowered him to come against sickness and disease. And the Bible says it's an oppression of the enemy. It's not of God. And we can open the door through our sin and not necessarily your personal sin. It's just in the earth. The earth is cursed. And these things are in the earth. Now it says there that Jesus went about doing good now, healing must be good. Sickness must be bad. God is good. Devil is bad. Great revelation this morning. That'll set you free right there. So, if healing is good, Satan never produces good. He's evil. So, sickness and disease is to be resisted just like sin is because it's evil. It's from the enemy. Doesn't mean you're evil. It means it's evil. That's the reason we try and get rid of it. There's a few that like the attention and say, I'm going to keep mine. But most of us want to get rid of it. I, I said a couple weeks ago, the only thing I learned from sickness is I don't want it. I pass on it. Not here. I don't want it. God's not the author of sickness. He is the author of healing. He's the one that came. That's what the enemy does. The enemy comes and he tries to get us to blame stuff on God that he's doing. You remember in the garden? He told Eve, said, look, you have a problem. You can never reach your full potential. As long as you're hooked up and doing what God says. You're not going to reach it. He's holding back on you. Just a lie. He's the father of lies. He's just lying to her. And Adam buys it. And what happens? Sin enters the earth. What does that sin open the door to? Sickness and disease. Calamity. Uh, tsunamis. Hurricanes. Everything changed. You know, God never told Adam, said, look, I want you to take care of the garden. Watch out for the tornadoes and hurricanes up. That was perfect weather. Perfect. 
All the, the, all the evil, all the calamity entered because of sin. When Adam and Eve fell, when they disobeyed God. So the root of, of sickness is sin. Sin opened the door to all this. So you see there in your notes, every sickness, disease, and deformity which Jesus healed was a result of sin. Or you could say that's Satan's work. And we got God's work. In 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. So we need to know what the devil's works is and what God's works is. And we can know that Jesus destroyed his works. The other night when I was praying, the Lord just dropped in me. He said, you want to know what Satan's mission statement is? And I've never had that thought before. So, yeah, Lord. He said, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission statement. And then I'm not a rocket scientist, but I started catching up. Oh, Jesus' mission statement. He came to bring life and life more abundantly. God said, Bob, you got that one right. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 through 68. I'm not going to read all this. But you can read it. Uh, the first few verses are the, the blessings of the law. And then we have a list of the curse of the law. And I just listed some things there. It says plague, consumption, fever, inflammation, severe burning fever, boils, Tumors, the scab, the itch, madness, blindness, confusion, oppression, hunger, thirst, nakedness, extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, serious and prolonged sickness, trembling heart, failing eyes, anguish of the soul. All these curses, it's describing what sickness is. And then it says, and anything else that's not named in the book. <laughs> but I want you to notice that sickness was never called a blessing. It's called a curse. Even in the Old Testament, sickness is called a curse, not a blessing. God is the blesser. He brings blessing into our lives. It's never referred to as one of the gifts of the Spirit. Get some joy, patience, sickness, goodness, faithfulness. Disease. It's not listed there. Because it's a curse. It's not a gift. A good gift. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning. We could take that and look at it the other way. Every perverted, twisted, evil thing is from the Father of darkness in whom there is no truth, and there's no variation or shadow in him. There's no turning. He's evil. He's not getting saved. Stop praying for the devil to get saved. It's not going to happen. You're looking at me. I had a person want to debate that with me one time. I said, Pastor, I really think we need to pray praying and interceding for the devil.
And I'm trying to be nice and everything and just, I know what's safer. I mean, I was just stunned. Never heard that one before. So let me help you, dear one. The Bible says that he is thrown into the lake of fire. If God says he's not going to get saved, he's not going to get saved. The light bulb came on. Changed their prayer life. Hallelujah. <laughs> what, I'm, what time is it? Why am I, I just, I had a pastor call me yesterday. One of their leaders has left the church. I said, why? I knew, knew this person. They followed the Lord for years. They became a portal seeker. I said, a what? A portal seeker. I thought first he was talking about a portal pot or something. I, you know, a what now? A portal. Oh, you mean the, the portal thing. Yeah, yeah. And evidently, there's some people camping out in this area that's called a portal that their prayers get answered and God can hear them in that place. So what do you think? I think, let them seek their portals. I'm welcome boldly into the throne room. I don't need no portal. Jesus lives in the inside of me by his spirit. He hears my prayers. Anyway, okay. In your notes, sickness is a tool of the enemy to steal your effectiveness as a Christian. Now, I, I see that so clearly that it steals our effectiveness because it's hard, to do, it's hard to be in a good mood when you're sick. Especially us men. We don't care for it. Women can take it a little bit more. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, Curses everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now those curses I just read in Deuteronomy 28, the curse of the law, Jesus bore that curse for us. He redeemed us from it. In the Old Testament, they had to follow the commands of the law in order to be blessed. Now, God made provision for them. They got saved by their faith in the sacrifice. By doing what God says. They weren't going to keep the law. So he said, look, if you'll kill this lamb over here, spill the blood, go through this, send one of your high priests into me once a year, you can have a, a temporary pardon. For sin. But see, in the new covenant, I don't have to fulfill the law and all those regulations. Jesus did it for me. He redeemed me from the curse. What's left if the curse is gone? The blessing. The blessing. How do I receive the blessing? By faith. Is there a commandment in the new covenant? Yes. Love God, love people. How many want the blessing? It's ours. It's ours. The Word of God is God's will. 
than we base our, our life on what God says. Many times we'll have a disappointment or someone doesn't get healed or don't get their miracle and we want to change. We want to make our experiences become doctrine instead of the Word. We base our life on the Word of God. We live by what God says. And you see there uh, in your notes, I've got, we should base our experiences on the Word of God, not try to make the Word fit our experiences. God is always right. He's always faithful. Any failure to receive is never on His end. It's on our end. But see, we got to be secure enough in Christ to admit, you know, we've blown it. And I have prayed for people that have died. And I can't put it all on them because when I look at the Word, I need to have faith. I have a part in that too. But we got to be smart enough or secure enough to say, it's me. I missed it. Let me just say, I... I miss it, and let me help you. I'm going to miss it in the future. Because the only person I know is perfect is Jesus Christ. Why that thrills you. <laughs> God has not changed his mind concerning healing. He's still the healer. According to the word of God, he's still the healer. Just because it's been 2,000 years, he still hasn't changed his mind. He still heals. Seen unbelievers get healed and then get saved. Because he wants everyone healed. He wants us whole. What if the church had some answers? What if the church had some healing power flowing? That we could say with the same confidence what we say... God will forgive you of your sins. We have the same confidence in saying, God will heal you. When we get to that point, we'll see some things. Ellen and I, years ago, we were at a camp meeting at PTL. Years and years ago. What's PTL? Well, that means praise the Lord. Never mind. Anyway, we're at the same, and the person next to me, The, the speaker called out, uh, I forgot what it was, I believe it was a heart. And the person next to us stood up. I didn't know they were in this pain and, and all this, but they got healed. And then the speaker said, are you ready to get saved? Well, they, they fell down right there crying and bawling, got saved. I said, Lord. I was amazed there was unbelievers at that thing. It was hot. And long. Out in the blazing sun. I'm going, there's an unbeliever here? I was amazed at that. Much less they got healed. And then got saved. His will. If his will was not to heal, he'd be turning against the cross cross. He, he's already made that decision and says you're healed by Jesus' stripes. 
So the cross tells us it's His will to heal. Ephesians 5, 53.4 Surely if born, took, lifted, carried our grief, sickness, and disease, carried our sorrows, pain, and grief. We esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted, but He was wounded for our transgressions, our sin, rebellion. He was bruised for our iniquity, our perversion, mischief, nature of sin. Chastisement, our peace, emotional health was upon Him. By His stripes we were healed. At the cross, Jesus dealt with the root of sickness, which is sin. If God still forgives, He still heals. If you question if He heals, you got a question, does He forgive? Because it both happened at the same place at the cross. Now, let me make it clear. It's much more important as getting saved and belonging to Him than healing. But you might as well get the rest of the benefit package while you're here. It's been paid for. Forget not his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals all of your diseases. Our God's a healer. And you have a legal right to healing. And you have a birthright to be healed. Born into the kingdom, it's your birthright. Healing. And prosperity. And peace and strength and joy. Matthew 8, verse 16, you know, people say, well, and most, a lot of theologians would say that scripture in Isaiah 53 just talks about emotional or spiritual healing, but it's more than that. In verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast the spirits out with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He is quoting from Isaiah 53, and it's physical healing. It's emotional healing, it's spiritual healing, and it's physical healing. Notice here, for you, you scholars, if you ever thought, how did Jesus fulfill the prophecy that was about the cross in Isaiah 53 when Isaiah prophesied about the cross? How did Jesus proclaim and said, it's fulfilled today? Fulfilled, he hadn't been to the cross yet. I want you to know this event was so big that Jesus, his faith in it, even though it had not occurred, was enough to bring healing and wholeness and freedom to mankind. It was so powerful, this event called the cross, that Jesus said, you 12, you go out, you have power to heal. You have power over sickness and disease. Then he called 70 and said, you have power over sickness and disease and go forth. And then after the cross, Jesus said, all power, not just healing power, all power in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. Therefore, you go in my name. All power is at your disposal. I'm telling you, greater works... Where's the greater works? It's because we have greater power than the disciples walked in. Jesus healed the sick on the basis of what was to happen even before it occurred. And how do you do it legally? Isaiah 53. Isaiah said in present tense, you are healed. He stood 
on the scriptures and released his faith because he didn't do it as God. The Bible says he laid down his deity. He operated as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. So we come to 1 Peter 2.24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Old Testament is looking towards the cross. New Testament looks back to the cross. We're on the other side of the cross. They were looking at the shadow. They were looking at those things that were to come. And now we're looking at the real thing. It's already a done event. You see why a glorious church rising up to know who they are in Christ. Healing is always God's will for every person. Just like forgiveness of sins or salvation is God's will for every person. Is every person being saved? No, but it's God's will. It's God's will. In, in closing, God revealed himself or his character as a healer. In Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord who heals thee. These are called redemptive names, and they reveal the character of God. And his name is Jehovah Rapha, which means, I am the Lord who heals. Now, if you say he does not heal, you've got to change his name. You've got to say, God, we've got to do a name change. Or what's the you saying? Well, if you're not the healer anymore, maybe you're not the provider anymore. You're no longer Jehovah Jireh. You're no longer Jehovah Shammah, the God who is present. You're no longer Jehovah Nisi, our victory, or the banner over us is victory. You're no longer Jehovah Sikhanu, our righteousness. Well, if he's not our righteousness, we don't get saved. He's not changing his name. Why? Because his name is perfect. Now your name's not perfect. You know you get a new name in heaven. And it's going to be perfect for you. No disrespect to your parents. They were doing the best they could. <laughs> but you got a perfect name in heaven. Perfect. Throw them for no charge. Okay. <laughs> Over 60 times in scriptures, he's called Jehovah Rapha. It means to restore, to heal, to cure. Or it means physician. It means not only in physical sense, but emotional sense and spiritual sense. So healing is not something about, about what God is doing. It's about who he is. His character is healing. He's a God of healing. So these theologians that believe that God didn't heal today, they're trying to change his name. And he doesn't need a name change because he has a perfect name. No changes necessary. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you so much for your word this morning. And God, I thank you that it's good news. Lord, we've, we've all missed it. We've all have missed the provisions of the cross. But we thank you for your mercy. 
We thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. And Lord, let that healing word flow in our life like never before. Let us represent you well on the earth. That you're not the author. You're not the one making people sick. You're the healer who blesses us. Such a good father. Much better father than any heavenly father could ever be. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for using this family to touch people in their world. And just offer a simple prayer. Using the name of Jesus and see people healed and set free. And Father, I thank you for that. Just keep your heads bowed. And I want to ask you a question. If you were to die today, where would you go? Would you go to heaven? Think about what would your answer be? Why would you go to heaven? You say, well, I'm a good person. There's no place in the Bible it says that a good person goes to heaven. Well, I believe in God. The devil believes in God. But the devil is evil and he's not being saved. Well, my parents said I'm a Christian. I got saved as a, a child. Just because your parents say you're a Christian doesn't mean you're a Christian. Well, I was a leader in another church. Just because you're a leader in another church doesn't mean you're saved. Well, I hope I'm saved. Hoping won't get you there. And someone needs to be honest with you and value you and honor you enough to tell you the truth. If those are your thoughts, you're not going to make it. You're not going. Jesus made it clear how we get there. He said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. What does that mean? Well, this is what it means in a summary. You give Jesus Christ all your heart and all your life. That's what it means. You follow him and serve him. And I'm going to ask you, if you never made this decision to accept him and make him Lord, giving him all your heart and all your life, I want to give you an opportunity. I want you to just lift up your hand and say, that's me. We'll pray together, and you can know Him, and you can be with Him for all eternity. Thank you, Jesus. See that one hand. Anyone else say, I need Jesus this morning. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's pray together, family. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ. I call upon Him. As my Lord and Savior. He went to the cross for me. He died for me. He took my sins. I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I'll follow you, Lord, with all my heart, with all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, and the family of God said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, 
please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.